I would like to say good evening to everyone. My name is Felicia Hamilton. I will be your host and your moderator for this session. Welcome to another lecture given by the Southfield Michigan branch. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield, Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Ewell and the vice president is Dr. Ronald Atkins. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul filled with the Holy Spirit tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, 
took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine vision and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place and a court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary aims and constitutional objectives are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah and 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in a new earth state. 
Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we will have the class dedicated in prayer by Dr. Iris Jones, followed by scripture, which will be 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, read by Dr. Sharon Lewis. Dr. Jones? Good evening, class. Let us follow our hearts and minds and ask Yahshua that he opens up our hearts and minds that we may receive of those things that he has prepared for us this evening. We want to thank you, Yahshua, for all of our many blessings that you have bestowed upon us down here at the end of this age. Thank you for this divine vision and revelation that you have delivered unto us through your vessel, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, so that you, our teacher, present your divine gospel to us. Thank you. Thank you, Yahshua. With these words, let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would like to say good evening to the class. And our scripture reading for this evening's class will be 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I will be reading to you from the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, revised by A.B. Trainer of the Scripture Research Association, and reprinted by Yahshua Promotions. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of Elohim, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that have wrought us for the selfsame thing is Elohim, who also have given unto us the pledge of the spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from Yahweh. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with Yahweh. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted by him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of the Messiah, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he have done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of Yahweh, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto Yahweh, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For if we be beside ourselves, it is to Elohim, and if we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of the Messiah constraineth us, because we thus judge, 
that if one died for all, then were all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known the Messiah after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in the Messiah, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of Yahweh, who have reconciled us to himself by Yahshua the Messiah and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that Yahweh was in the Messiah, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for the Messiah, as though Elohim did beseech you by us, we pray you in the Messiah's stead, be ye reconciled to Yahweh. For he had made him to be sin offering for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of Yahweh in him. I've read 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Jones, for the prayer and Dr. Sharon Lewis for the scripture. And we want to get once again welcome everyone out to another lecture given by the Southfield Michigan class. And tonight is our Green Chart Thursday day. And today we will be going on going over, excuse me, metamorphosis of the butterfly. I will be uh, doing that presentation. And so while I'm doing that, our reader is April Lewis. But um, if she needs help, we're asking anybody to just jump in and help her out because I won't be able to do that until after I'm done. So <laughs> thank you, April. I appreciate it very much. So uh, before we get started, let me blow this up just a little bit so we can see the plate we're going to go over is here. Now, uh, once again, I want to go back to the scripture lesson, if you'll pick up the first part of that. And most of us know, and we were always taught in school and we could see it for ourselves that butterflies start off as caterpillars. And we've, uh, we've listened to lectures of people doing the metamorphosis of the butterfly and we've seen it in school where you know how it starts is not how it ends. It's completely transformed. So that is why the scripture lesson today was so poignant. And if you'll go ahead and pick that right up at uh, one, 1 Corinthians 5 and 1, please. That's 1 Corinthians 5 and 1. Mm -hmm. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, mm -hmm. we have a building of Elohim, a house not made with hands, eternal mm -hmm. in the heavens. Now it said if our earthly house be dissolved and when a butterfly, when a, a caterpillar goes through its stage of becoming a butterfly, what it used to be is completely dissolved and it comes out anew. It comes out as something completely different than what it was before. And so that is actually a metaphor or a shadow of what we will be when we take off this flesh. What we will become 
will have no resemblance whatsoever to the physical body because this flesh is carnal and will be in the spirit. So they are completely opposite from one another. Yahweh has said, you know, he doesn't like the fleshly or carnal things. So our earthly our earthly home or earthly body will not, I'm sorry, our heavenly home or heavenly body won't look anything like this earthly body that we now inhabit. Continue to read, please. You might be on mute, Dr. Lewis. Okay, that's 2 Corinthians 5 and 1. Mm -hmm. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of Elohim, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Okay, pause right there for me. So it says we earnestly groan, and we've all talked to um, either ourselves or other ones that said how at times they're just tired, they're weary. And there's a scripture where, where it says that if it were possible, Satan would be able to deceive the very elect because we're gonna get to a point where we ask Yahweh to just take these things out. We're tired, we groan to earn it, to be clothed upon in that heavenly body and not this physical manifestation, which is the flesh. Go ahead, keep reading, Dr. Lewis. Mm -hmm. Fourth verse. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we will be unclothed, but clothed upon. So she said in this tabernacle, we're, we're burdened. We're burdened with what? We're burdened with all these physical things that we have to contend with. Now we, the sons of Yahweh Elohim, Yahweh has freed us and he's actually, Yahshua the Messiah died for the world. So he actually freed everyone from this bondage, but there are those who choose not to be free from it, who choose to stay under it. But the sons of Yahweh, the, the ones that make up the, the spiritual body of Yahshua the Messiah, he has freed us from that. But we are still in this physical world being burdened by working and illness and sadness and loss and crime and everything else. We're still burdened by those things. But we know within ourselves, we have that peace of Yahshua the Messiah because we know, unlike the world knows, that Yahweh has all of this in control. He has never lost control of his creation. So continue to read, Dr. Lewis, please. Mm -hmm. For we know that, I'm sorry, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we will be unclothed, but clothed upon. That's that right, where we don't burden it be because we're going to be unclothed. We're going to mm -hmm. take on the whole armor of Yahshua the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And that is what gives us our peace. That is what gives us the ability to move through this world, this carnal, crazy world that we're in without losing our faith in Yahshua. Keep going. That's right. That mortality might be swallowed up of life. Mm -hmm. Now he that hath brought us for the self-same thing is Elohim, mm -hmm. who also hath given un unto us the pledge of the Spirit. See, Yahshua has given us the pledge or the promise 
of a spiritual resurrection. He has promised and that he is the only one that can make a promise and keep that promise. He promised us if we just believed on him, if we took his burdens, if we took his yoke upon us, then we would have eternal life. We just need to learn of him, believe he is who he said he is and was or yeah, it was in the flesh. We have to believe that what he accomplished freed us from these carnal ordinances. We have to believe those things. But how do you start to believe those things? You start to believe those things by beginning at Moses and the prophets. You start to learn that this entire journey, this entire trek of the children of Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness of Sinai and then on into Canaan land is an operation that mimics what will be going through when we come out of this physical body we rest for a little while and then we go on into glorification in Yahweh Elohim so these series of lectures that we go through which are called the the green chart or the creator image by his creation we're able to go through and explain these things because Yahweh has showed us and give us evidence of how he really is and actually exists. So I'll start off, well, I won't start off, but I'll continue by saying this. In the year 1931, Yahweh Elohim gave Henry Clifford Kinley a divine vision and revelation. And what he did, he took that man up to the third heaven and showed him the entire purpose of Yahweh. Not only did he do that, he explained to him and showed him how that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of a threefold tabernacle pattern. And by doing that, he charged him to teach all of his people or those he came in contact with what he had learned and what he had been shown. And so what he did, he passed that on to those who would listen, they then became ministers and passed it on and they were fruitful. And then that fruit, that fruition continues to this day. So he showed him in a divine vision and revelation, not only the purpose of Yahweh, but he explained to him the whole point of it all. And that is to bring us back into the body of Yahshua the Messiah and that Yahshua actually came in to fulfill the law and the prophets, not to set up a Christian example as the world had thought. So going back to Moses, Yahweh called Moses up to Mount Sinai. He laid his body down and he took him into the spiritual realm and showed him Yahweh Elohim, who is the express image. Go back to the green chart. Yahweh Elohim is the express image of the creator. He showed him how he's the express image and that he is also Yahshua Messiah, the creation. So here we have in our, uh, our name chart, we have Yahweh in pure spirit, Yahweh taken on shape and form that can only be seen in divine visions and revelations as Yahweh Elohim. And then that same spirit coming into the shape and form, a likeness of sinful flesh, but he wasn't sin. He didn't have any sin. He took on sins of the world to take us away from that or to redeem us back into the father as Joshua the Messiah. So what Moses saw and John saw on the Isle of Patmos, Yahweh in 1931 gave Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley a panoramic vision of what they both saw. And when you really understand it, you'll understand that Moses, John, and Dr. Kinley saw the same thing at the same time. 
John's vision is exactly what Moses saw. He just saw it in reverse. He saw it from the ending to the beginning. Moses saw it from the beginning to the end. These are the things that we in this class have been shown over and over again by proof and evidence that Yahweh is real. He's given us witnesses. He's given us types, allegories, and uh, um, what was the other word? Types and allegories of the spiritual things by understanding the physical things. So pick up Romans 1, 19 and 20, which is our theme song. Because Yahweh, being the creator that he is, and if you listen to the moderation, Yahweh knows that we could not perceive of him in this pure spirit shape and form. So he had to, had to, had to take on a shape and form, a superincorporeal shape and form to show that he is moving from one state of existence to the other. And then he turned around and moved even further down. This is a downward operation. He moved even further down into the likeness of sinful flesh. But these three are one, they are not a trinity. So by doing that, what Yahweh is showing his creatures is that everything in the universe is threefold in some way or manner. So pick up Romans 119 and 20 for me, please. That's Romans 1 and 19. Mm -hmm. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them. For Yahweh have shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and supernal nature, so that they are without excuse. So now she started that scripture off and she started off and says, because now you have to do your homework and go and start at one and read that entire scripture. But what John is saying here is Yahweh gave us physical things to understand how he, who he is and his makeup in the spirit. So we don't have an excuse to say, I don't know God. You look at the sun, you look at the moon, you look at the stars, you look at a leaf, you look at a caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. All of these present and give you shadows and types and allegories of the spirit. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna go to this green chart, let me see if the other one has it a little, this has a little bit different um, graphics. So I'm gonna zoom in on this metamorphosis of a butterfly. So what we're gonna do now, we're gonna watch a uh, video and I'll have a bibliography at the end because when you do that, you always have to you know, cite uh, the owners and the creators of the videos and everything else. The first thing we're gonna look at is the uh, a video of a butterfly that starts as a caterpillar, caterpillar and turning into a butterfly. And some people, if you're squeamish, I'll let you know right now, it may you know, be a little bit much for you. So if you're a little squeamish, then you know, just listen and you don't have to look. And once we finish um, listening to this, then we'll go through the steps that they showed, the steps that they went through in the video, and we're gonna show you how it goes by the pattern. So let me do uh, audio. And I always have to ask Dr. Lewis to remind me, share sound. Okay, I got it this time, Dorian. Okay, so can you see uh, the YouTube screen coming up? Yes. Okay, awesome. Okay, so I'm gonna play the video. Butterflies are curious creatures. They begin their lives as caterpillars.
than eat leaves. But then a transformation takes place and they become beautiful, flying, nectar-drinking insects. Let's learn how a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. Caterpillars hatch from their eggs a few days after being laid and immediately begin eating. Almost all they do is eat and after a week or two the caterpillar is ready to begin its metamorphosis or transformation. The caterpillar attaches itself to the underside of a stem or branch with a small mat of silk and hangs upside down in the shape of a jay. Inside its body, underneath its skin, the chrysalis is forming. It no longer needs its caterpillar's skin, head, or legs, and so the chrysalis wiggles and twists until it splits and falls off. At first, the chrysalis is soft, but it soon hardens up to protect the developing butterfly inside. It takes about two weeks for the chrysalis to change into a butterfly. Two weeks in which almost all of the caterpillar's body is dissolved into a kind of soup which is remade into the shape of a butterfly. When the butterfly is ready to emerge, the color of its wings will be visible through the chrysalis. Let's watch another butterfly emerge from its chrysalis, this time more slowly. Once it's free of the chrysalis, the butterfly looks a bit strange. The wings are small, crumpled and wet, and its abdomen is swollen with fluid. The butterfly hangs upside down, pumping fluid into its wings to make them expand. Once the wings have reached their full size, the butterfly will wait until they are completely dry before flying off to find a flower to drink from. After a few days, the butterfly will mate, lay new eggs, and the cycle will start all over again. Okay, let me...
move that out of the way so we can go. So as you saw in the video, the, the butterfly starts off in an, as an egg and the butterfly that you saw was a monarch butterfly. A monarch is monarch, the definition of monarch is king or ruler. So it started off as that, you know, that beautiful egg. And I wanna actually show you a better picture because it's really pretty. It's almost like a pearlized color. And only the monarch has this color on it. So this is the egg of a monarch. It's actually less than the size of a pinhead, uh, a, a ballpoint pinhead. So it starts off in this beautiful little um, egg and it's this egg is laid on a leaf in a higher elevation so that you, when you think about it, let me see, it's in an elevated state when it starts it met, its metamorphosis. And so remember the the definition of metamorphosis, when you look it up, a transformation, a marked change in appearance, not necessarily, character, condition, or function. The Greek word for metamorphosis is to transform. And don't we say that we become new creatures in Yahshua the Messiah, even before we take off the flesh, people walk up to you and they can't figure out who you are. People that have known you for years and say, you seem like a different person. You don't seem like yourself. Even when you think about when you think about the things you used to do, you used to say, you used to think about that, oh, that person has been gone, that person's gone. It, it's not the same person. So that's your metamorphosis from this standpoint, but you'll also have another metamorphosis or a change. And that's from this physical state of existence into the spiritual. And so she talked about how that monarch, it starts off as that egg and then it goes into the larva and it, it sheds that skin that it has on before it because it no longer needs it. How beautiful is that? When you think about it, we no longer need these carnal ornaments. These are an abomination to Yahweh now to do. You don't need to practice any of these. We practice circumcision nowadays for a cleanliness or a health standpoint, but we don't do it from a spiritual standpoint. All of these things are no longer needed from the physical, just like that hard shell of a body that that caterpillar shed is no longer needed. Why? Because it's gonna get a new body. It's gonna get a heavenly body. And so when you look at the caterpillar again, now it's at rest and I want to, and I tried to bring uh, the charts together, but I think I can do it here. So you look at the stage of saying when it's an, it's an egg, it's in, that, it's in the court roundabout. It correlates with the court roundabout. Why? That butterfly lays that egg on a leaf is vulnerable. It's vulnerable um, to other um, predators that will eat the egg. It can fall off the leaf. It's sacrificed. It can be sacrificed. But then that egg turns into a lava or it kind of has a a watery uh, consistency to it that will bring you to the brazen labor. But then it starts to change. Here it is, it comes out as a caterpillar that puts it right at the door because there's a change. Remember that fourth step is always a change. When you see that number four, there's a change from something to another. And so that caterpillar went from an egg to larva, I'm sorry, went from an egg to larva to a caterpillar. But wait, it's going to change again. It's going to go into a chrysalis. And if you look at the chrysalis, and I'm going to bring up another picture of the chrysalis. It's so pretty to me. 
um, and I think you all saw it in the video. Let me bring it over here. The chrysalis has a golden crown around it. And these are two different angles. And it's a hard shell. So it put on the whole armor of Yahweh and it has that crown. Well, how beautiful that is, right? Because you're talking about it being all of these vessels in the holy place, which is what this would uh, correlate to. They are gold. They're they're um, wood covered in pure, pure gold. So you see that monarch butterfly has that crown around it or that corona. And then when you look at the butterfly, when it's in its chrysalis stage, it's, it's at rest. It's no longer eating because remember what she said was the only job that caterpillar has in this stage is to eat. How beautiful that is. Right now, where we are, we should be here in our hearts and minds. The only thing Yahweh asks us to do is to learn of him or eat. Eat of this gospel. Drink of this gospel. Rest. Be, be at peace with Yahshua. So that's all we have to do is eat. And now he's given us an abundance of food. He's given us a smorgasbord. You can go to class two, three times a day if you would like to literally be in a live class on Zoom two and three times a day, even on Saturday. So all we're doing now, we're resting and we're eating. That's why he has us in our homes because all we're doing is eating. And then that caterpillar, like I said, he's in that chrysalis stage. Now he's in the chrysalis stage after he's ate, he's really at a state of rest. That I equate to those who have taken off the flesh. They are at rest now. They're, they're in the holy place under the altar waiting for the universal revelation of Yahshua the Messiah. They're at rest in that chrysalis. They have, they're waiting on that glorified body or for all of us to be moved over into the spirit. And then it emerges as a beautiful heavenly creature. Why heavenly? It no longer eats leaves or things that are earthbound. It now drinks of nectar of the flowers and they call it, nectar really means food of the gods. It's Greek for food of the gods. So that is equating to it eating and eating heavenly things. And now it has wings. Now it's, it's no longer earthbound. Now it's in a spiritual uh, significance or a spiritual um, state of existence. Now it is free to go where it wants to go. It's no longer on the ground. It's heavenly. And that puts us right in the most holy place where we all hope to be once we take off this flesh. So the, the, the metamorphosis of a butterfly beautifully portrays not only what we will go through, but it also portrayed the trek of the children of Israel which I'm not going to go through right now, but Yahweh revealed that to me as I was going through this. So what I'm going to do, I want to show you what I, what Yahweh really had me focusing on was the monarch butterfly. Remember, monarch means king or ruler, but you also have something else that takes on this metamorphosis. And most of you know what that is. It's a moth. A moth also goes through this stage, but it's completely different looking and it's so pretty because what Yahweh showed me in doing it it what it does is represents that righteousness and that iniquity so looking at the two representations because Yahweh gives us everything in the physical to understand the spirit so here you have the monarch butterfly egg it's beautiful it's pearl it has a iridescent color about it you look at we have something called an imperial moth. 
Now an imperial pretty much means almost the same as monarch when you look at it. And an emperor, you know, and uh, um, someone who tries to be a ruler, but the monarch is actually over that. But now you have an imperial moth and this is what that egg looks like. I mean, completely different. They both go through these stages. They both start, to start as an egg. So then you move on to the caterpillar. So the monarch butterfly caterpillar is smooth in appearance. It all it does is eat. And it just, you know, pretty much is by itself, but it's it's heavenly bound. It's always elevated. It's on the leaves of trees and on milkweed, which is what it really likes to eat. So it's elevated. The imperial moth, if you look at it, this is what it looks like. It's hairy. Get for me, um, Jacob um, uh, Esau came out uh, hairy. And I thought that was so interesting when I was looking it up. And I'm sorry, April, I think I had all of this written down, but I am like totally on another plane here. That's okay. I think it's on Genesis 25 and 25. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the first came out red all mm -hmm. over like a hairy garment. Oh, this, this butter, I'm sorry, this caterpillar, sorry, April, is hairy. Look how hairy it is versus mm -hmm. the one from the monarch. Okay, mm -hmm. keep reading. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment and they called his name Esau. Mm -hmm. And the second, that's um, the second. Mm -hmm. um, let me, you want me to keep reading? Yes, please. And after that, his brother, his, I'm sorry. And after that came his brother out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was three score years old when she bare them. Okay, that's good. So the other thing you'll notice now, you would think this would be the head, but that's actually the tail because when I look at that, it looks like a mouth. But this is the head here and it has six horns on it and it's hairy. So I'm like, okay, here's this imperial moth trying to be like a monarch butterfly. So now this is when they're in their caterpillar stage. Now we're going to move on to their chrysalis and that's where they start to go into their protective cocoon. Now with the monarch, they call it a chrysalis. It's not, um, and I think I looked that word up and it means armor. So there is, the monarch is protected, it's elevated. It's always high up and it's chrysalis is hard and it has that golden crown upon it. The imperial moth is a cocoon. It lays, it's, it starts off in the soil. It buries itself in, in the soil, in the ground. It looks for soft soil. So it's earthbound. It's not like the butterfly, which is heavenly. And then you move on into after they've come out of that. Now look how beautiful these monarch butterflies are. This is the male. This is the female. You can tell the difference. The females, her lines are a lot thicker than the male. But now they come out, they're beautiful. And what a monarch does, and a lot of times they'll tell you, if you want to tell the difference between a moth and a butterfly, a butterfly will rest with its wings together in the air. How beautiful is that? When you think about it, let me come over here. You look at this Ark of the Tabernacle in the most holy place, these angels, their wings, and it says it in Exodus, um, 
it talks about how these angels, their wings are spread up and they're, they touch either side of this tabernacle, but they're up. And I thought that was so pretty because the monarch butterfly, that's how it dries its wings. It, it's, the wings are up in the air, they're together. So they're giving homage and honor to Yahweh. Whereas the imperial moth does not do that. It lays its wings down. And look at the imperial moth. You see six horns, one, two, three, four, five, six. And its wingspan is six, six inches long. I didn't have time to find the other six because I know there has to be another six. But when you look at the differences of the two, I tell you, Yahweh is pretty. He points out everything. He points out both those spirits, even in the animal kingdom. So here right. we see the monarch butterfly. I'm sorry. It's beautiful. It, it's always giving honor and glory to Yahweh. It's always trying to stay in an elevated state, even when it's in an egg. The mother lays its egg on leaves that are high up, whereas the imperial moth, it, I had a video and I wish I could show it to you. It's crawling on the ground looking for soft soil and it lays its eggs on the ground and soil, which representing the earth. There you go. That's your six for each of the earth. The six represents the earth. That is so pretty. So that is the difference between the monarch butterfly and the imperial moth, which I didn't never knew there was a such thing as an imperial moth. But what Yahweh is showing all of us is that just through understanding the stages and evolution of a butterfly, you now have a physical representation of what we go through and what we will go through to get to our earthly, or I'm sorry, our heavenly or spiritual body. Remember Romans 1, 19 and 20, everything in the spirit has a representation of it in the physical. So when we're looking at things that are happening in the world, don't look at the physical aspect of it. You look at it, but you ask Yahweh, show me what does that mean from a spiritual standpoint? Because then what he'll do, he'll show it to you and then you'll have peace with it. It won't bother you so much because you understand that not only the butterfly, but you have to go through a death a burial, a resurrection every single day. It's right. a roundabout operation. We are always, sometimes you're in a funk. You don't want to even be up here. You don't want anybody to elevate you. You want to stay down here. Trust and believe if you're a son of Yahweh, you're going to be elevated into that holy place. And then you're going to get to a point where you're just in such a good mood and you're in the spirit and we get in these classes and we're like in eternity, the, the two hours go by very fast and you're I mean, you just are like levitating off the floor. And then as soon as we get out of class, something happens and you're right back down here again. It's a continuous operation until Yahshua the Messiah decides that it's time for us to shed this skin, this cocoon, this chrysalis, or this flesh. And then we'll be waiting under that altar if he has us leave individually. If we're going to leave collectively, we're going to all be transformed into our spiritual body, into Yahshua the Messiah in that heavenly state. So what Yahweh does, let me bring up the dispensations and ages chart. It's the same thing. This butterfly is going through an infant stage. Actually, I want to go back to the green chart. That butterfly 
is going through the stages of development, just like a baby does. It starts off as a seed. It then goes into a, a caterpillar or a, um, yeah, it comes out as a caterpillar. Then it goes into a chrysalis. It comes out of that chrysalis. And it's, it, remember, she said it stays there until its wings are dry. Once its wings are dry and all that fluid from the abdomen is pointed into the wings, then it's adolescent and then it takes off as an adult. So even the butterfly goes through those stages that we all go through and must go through. Because why? Because we are all bound by Yahweh Elohim, who is the, oh, I made that way too small. We are all bound by Yahweh Elohim, who is the archetype original pattern of the universe. So we are the creation imaged by our creator. That's why we don't worship a man. We are very grateful to Yahweh for giving Dr. Kelly that divine vision and revelation, but we do not worship Dr. Kenley. We do not worship men. I was talking to a brethren and they actually said, you know, if it wasn't for Dr. Kenley, I wouldn't be here. And all I could say was, thank you, Yahshua. Don't have me worshiping the creation. Have me to worship and always want to be about giving glory to the creator. So that metamorphosis of a butterfly is just our trek. All it is, is an example for us to remember that you have to go through this death, burial, resurrection, just like the children of Israel did. So when you go back and you think about the trek that they went through, they started off down here in darkness in Egypt, but unlike the imperial moth, they didn't stay down here. They didn't bury themselves in the dirt and stay there. Yahweh resurrected them out into the wilderness of Sinai or the holy place where they stayed for a little while, just like that caterpillar stays for a little while in that chrysalis and they're eating because all he had them do was do the service of the tabernacle and they ate manna from heaven. Yahweh didn't let their shoes wear out, their clothes wear out. So they were in that when you think about in comparisons to what they did in Egypt, he had them at a quote unquote, a semi rest state, but they weren't through there. Just like the butterfly is not finished in that chrysalis state. It must emerge. And remember in the video, she said, it's almost like a soup. It is a soup. If you were to open it up and I found one video like that, but I didn't want to show it. It's like I said, a lot of people are squeamish. You opened up when it's in that chrysalis state, it's literally liquefied. It just spills out. So it literally transformed into that butterfly. How beautiful is that when you think about that Yahweh, remember, we have always said that Yahweh is seven divine attributes, divine, not all of them. He's seven divine attributes. No. But what, I'm sorry. Oh, thank you, Dorian. Nine divine attributes. But he's, those aren't all of his attributes because he has empathy. You know, that's not in here, but it's one of them. But what these attributes did, all of these attributes took on shape and took on form into Yahweh Elohim, but those weren't all, but it's in this state or all these attributes that make up everything in the creation. How is that? Because everything came from Yahweh. So it couldn't be anything but those attributes that make up that, that body, that heavenly body. So when the children of Israel were out in the wilderness, <clears throat> 
excuse me, they were there like that butterflies in that chrysalis state, but then it must emerge, it must go on into glory or to Canaan land, just like that, that Ark of the Covenant was here, but it had a more glorious temple that was built for it. This temple or tabernacle was temporary. Here you had that glorious temple that was permanent. It was beautiful. It was a lot more glorious than the one here. Just like that butterfly, that chrysalis stage that it was in or that larva stage or the caterpillar, caterpillar stage is nothing, nothing compared to the beautiful creature that it becomes when it emerges and when it's now a heavenly creature that only eats nectar. That is all it's doing is pointing to us and where we are going, where what Yahweh has promised, promised us. He has promised us an existence where there is no more pain, there's no more strife, there's no more grief. You won't even, it's so promising, you won't even have remembrance of this existence. That's how beautiful that is. And when you think about that in the Christian world, or I used to think, even though I, we, my family wasn't religious at all, we didn't even go to church. What I used to think was, okay, if I die and my mom dies, and I go to heaven and I see my mom, what age is she going to be when I see her? If she's a, if she wants to be a child in heaven, I'm not going to recognize her. So, you know, that's that concept that people have. Well, I'm going to go see my mom. What if she doesn't want to be an old lady when she's in heaven? What if she wants a young body? So we know that it has nothing to do with the physical. It's all spiritual. Our bodies will not be as they are today. They will be spiritual, heavenly bodies. So with that, what I want to do now is show you a second video. And the second one is so pretty. And what it talks about is the sound. Because remember, monarch butterflies migrate from the north. This is your death, burial, resurrection. It migrates from Canada and the, and the um, uh, western, northern part of the United States. So, you know, upper California down to New Mexico. That's what they do. They migrate all the way down. That's why they ask people, you know, plant milkweed so the monarchs can make this journey. And these are the, really the only butterflies that do this. And they do it in the millions, not the thousands, in the millions. So the next video I want to show you is a little bit about once they get to their final destination and how pretty it is. So that is, uh, this video is called The Sound of Millions of Butterflies. Let me make sure I'll play. Now, one of the first things you notice when you arrive and you're looking down to find your way is this, the thousands of Think, listen to what he's saying about these butterflies that didn't make it and think about those in the gospel that Yahweh chose. And remember, there's a scripture in Dr. Lewis, if you could find it, one of the Dr. Lewis's, we have so many on that scripture about the seed that fell on good ground. And I'm going to, I want you to read that after we watch this video. Of Butterflies who made that 1500 mile journey down here only to not survive the winter. It's easy to be distraught by this, but look up and see what you're surrounded by. You see those clusters hanging from the trees? If you look closely, you'll see that those aren't pine cones or leaves. Those are all monarch butterflies. And you see that fuzz on the trunks of the trees? 
you guessed it, those are all butterflies too. And a single trunk can have tens of thousands of monarchs on it. There's this moment when you get to the right part of the forest and you realize you've made it. You're officially surrounded by millions of butterflies. Now I'm stopping it for a minute only to, I want to be able to turn this sound up because you really have to hear the sound that they're going to make. And you would think butterflies make a sound. Uh, yeah, they do when they're in numbers like that. So let me turn up my volume on my laptop because I really want you to be able to hear it. Okay, so I'm gonna bring this back. I want you to think about the last time you saw a single butterfly flying. You likely noticed its color, but its sound? It's not until you're surrounded by millions of butterflies that you can hear each flapping wing amplified by another. On this morning, this cluster of butterflies is too cold to take off and fly. Butterflies, like most insects, are ectothermic, meaning their metabolism and energy is entirely dependent on the heat of the sun. So they wait the sunshine hitting them and warming up, and we'll sit and wait with them. Oh, hang on. Okay. Let's get this thing recording. To really hear the sound of millions flying, we'll wait for what we call a waterfall. It's like this. Okay. Now that you've had. I'm sorry, I have to collect my thoughts because that always gets me. Now, when you watch that picture, for me, what I thought of was Yahweh's promise to Abraham. And if you'll pick that up for me, where he told him he would multiply his seed as the stars of heaven and the sands of the sea. When he showed that picture, and I'll bring it back, turn the volume down, of all those butterflies, there is no way you could count all of those butterflies. No way you could count it. It's like the sands of the sea and the stars of heaven. Yahweh Hamilton, excuse yes, me. Yes. I was waiting for the sound. We never heard anything. Uh-oh. Did anyone, anyone else hear anything? anything? Yeah, I heard it. It was just really loud. It was really loud, but it, it 
That's why she said she tried to turn it up, but it's a quiet yeah. sound. Like so air or like water. Sound, yeah, sound like a waterfall. So let me do this, Dr. Lewis. Make sure you turn this your volume all the way up. Right. So okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it again. And let me turn my mute. Let me mute my mic. Officially surrounded by millions of butterflies. I want you to think about the last time you saw a single butterfly flying. You that you can hear each flapping wing amplified by another. On this morning, this cluster of butterflies is too cold to take off and fly. Butterflies, like most insects, are ectothermic, meaning their metabolism and energy is entirely dependent on the heat of the sun. So they wait the sunshine hitting them and warming up, and we'll sit and wait with them. Ooh, hang on. Okay, let's get this thing recording. To really hear the sound of millions flying, we'll wait for what we call a waterfall. It's like this. Dr. Lewis, were you able to hear it? It sounds like a waterfall. Yes, thank you. We did hear it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yes, that's exactly what it sounds like. So I, I had two scriptures. Dr. Lewis, I want you to first pick up um, uh, uh, the story of Abraham, the promise to Abraham from Yahweh. Okay, that's Genesis. Um, Twenty-two, and I'll go right to it in seventeen. Okay. Mm-hmm. That in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. Now, and I- how pretty is that when you think mm-hmm. about? Remember that picture of all the butterflies on the trees and on the trunk. Like I said, he said there were millions, but there you, there was no way they could count all those butterflies. Now, remember when he first started the video, video, he saw the butterflies that didn't make it or those that perished. Now I want you to pick up um, uh, the, the parable of the sword, uh, the seed that fell on good ground. Because remember, we all remember the angels, there were innumerable and still are an innumerable company of angels in heaven. But a third of them sided with Satan that he was the creator and they were kicked out of heaven. So when you think about that, you can equate that to those butterfly on the ground that didn't make the journey or that weren't able to continue on in the spirit. They perished. And we saw you know, quite a few of them on the ground there, even right next to his microphone. So pick up that scripture for me, Dr. Lewis. 
Okay, it's in a few spots. Um, okay. I'll read this and let me know if this is good. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna pick it up. This is Matthew 13 and 20. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'll, I'll go, I'll start at 19. Okay. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understand it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But the seed that fell into stony places is the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. Okay, now pause. Now we, if you've been in this gospel long enough, you know of individuals that that has happened to. You know, they were so joyful hearing this gospel. And it just, it just seemed like, oh my gosh, they got it, they got it. But for some reason, either, you know, they were offended by something someone said, or they couldn't hold, hold what they believed against family and friends. And so they just couldn't stay. So they fell on, uh, what, what ground was it, Dr. Lewis, that they fell upon? or they, they didn't have any root. They sprung up because they didn't have root, correct? Yes, but the seed that fell into stony places. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excuse my background. Don't worry about it. It's, it's a beautiful thing to hear. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Go ahead. But the seed that fell into stony places is the same as he that heareth the word mm -hmm. and anon with joy receive it. Yet mm -hmm. have he not root in himself but endureth for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Now, I, I think that's very pretty because if you were all on the class where uh, Dr. Leatherberry, you know, talked, we know that Yahweh has given him a lot to endure, way more than any of us could ever even imagine. But all he kept saying was, I'm going to stand with Yahshua. I'm hanging on to Yahshua. And that's the seed that's falling on good ground. You have some that maybe just someone says something that they didn't like and they're gone. That's not endurance. Endurance is to put on the whole armor of Yahshua so that when those fiery darts from the devil come, you can stand, you can take it, you can deal with it. You know there is a hope. You know that your retirement plan is far better than the benefits you're receiving in this flesh. So you endure, you stay, you stay with this gospel because Yahweh has shown you something. Mm -hmm. Those had to have stayed for as long as they have. Yahweh has shown them something and proven to them something. So they're hanging on this thing for dear life. So keep reading because we're talking about all these seeds that were spread and mm -hmm. where they went. Go ahead. 22nd verse. Mm -hmm. The seed that fell among the thorns is as he that heareth the word of Yahweh. And the care of this age and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. So those are ones that heard it Mm -hmm. but they just still got caught up in the world we say we're of we're in the world but we're not of it but no they want to be of the world the cares of this world are more important 
than that retirement plan that they're going to receive. So they got choked. Their seed was choked. Keep going, Dr. Lewis. Mm -hmm. But the seed that fell into the good ground mm -hmm. is as he that heareth the word. Okay, pause right there. So mm -hmm. this is the seed that fell on good ground. These are the butterflies that made the migration and that are waiting. And remember he said that they wait until the sun comes out they absorb the energy from the sun so that they can fly. Isn't right. that what we do? We absorb the energy from Yahshua, the Messiah within us so we can fly, so we can continue in this flesh. That's what we do and are doing. That's the good seed. Keep reading, Dr. Lewis. That's beautiful. But the seed that fell into the good ground is as he that heareth the word mm -hmm. and understand it. You understand it. Mm -hmm. Yahweh has Yahweh has shown us something. He has given us something that the world cannot understand. It cannot buy and it doesn't want to accept. He has shown us that everything in this physical is only a representation for us to see who Yahweh is and how he actually exists. That's all it's here for. It's just here to bring us closer to him. That's all it's here So we heard it. We love it. We bathe in it. If we could, we'd jump all up and down in it. This is the seed that fell on good ground. Keep reading, Dr. Lewis. But the seed that fell into the good ground is as he that heareth the word and understandeth, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Look at that. All those butterflies that are in bathing in the sun of Yahshua the Messiah, a hundredfold some 40-fold, some 60-fold. This gospel started off with just one man. And look at what Yahweh has done. And it's through those, and even in John 17 chapter, um, or is it 14, where Yahshua Messiah is praying that prayer. He said, not only for us, but to us that we, those that we preach this thing to and that accept it, he wants them to also have eternal life. Keep reading, Dr. Lewis. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I went That's to okay. Mark. No, go back. Start start with the good seed. Go back okay. up. Okay. Um, I went to Mark um because it was over there too. But let me go back. I was in um Matthew, what yeah. was I? 13. I think that's the best yeah. one to read. Yep. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um Matthew 13 and um 23. I'll read that again. Mm -hmm. But the seed that fell into the good ground as is, I mean, is as he, excuse me, that heareth the word and understand it which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold some 60 some 30. Mm -hmm. another parable put he forth unto them saying the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field mm -hmm. but while men slept his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and so we're not supposed to be sleeping Right. We're supposed to be awake. We're supposed to be standing in the holy place, eating of that bread, right? 
We have light there, we have bread, and we have intercession. This is where we're supposed to believe. Don't be sleeping. Don't be like those silly women laid captive. Pay attention. Be, as they say, woke. Look at your surroundings. Look at everything that Yahweh is doing with this world and know that it points to something spiritual. That is being in the holy place, understanding that Yahweh has all of this under control. So keep reading, Dr. Lewis. Mm -hmm, 26 verse. Mm -hmm. and, I'm sorry. And um, do, uh, Dr. Sharon Lewis, if you can get Ephesians, the sixth chapter after this, go ahead, uh, April. Mm -hmm. Okay. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then have it tears? So see, you got the righteous and the iniquity being brought up together. And that's what he's going to say. So keep reading. Okay. He said unto them, an enemy have done this. The servant saith unto him, without then that we go and gather them up. But he said, nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. So you don't want to pull the tears out. You want to bring them up together. Keep reading. Mm -hmm. But he said, nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into the barn. Now, when you think about that parable, he said, let them grow up together, because if you pull it out while they're both young, you may pull out those that are righteous or the wheat. So what Yahweh has done, he doesn't take iniquity away from us. He lets us come up in it, because what does that do that hardens your shell or that allows you to put on the whole armor of Yahshua the Messiah. So pick up Ephesians 6 chapter, Dr. Lewis, and start at, um, start at the 10th verse, please. That's Ephesians 6 and 10. Mm -hmm. Finally, my brethren, be strong in Yahweh and in the power of his might. So be strong in Yahweh. But how can you do that? Well, you first have to know who he is. You have to know him how he really is and actually exists. Then you start being with the brethren. You're speaking of like mind. You start in doing your investigation of the spirit law or the so-called laws of nature. Then you start studying all these other things. Then you start fighting. You extirpate or you get rid of the things that are satanic spirit because you go, wait a minute. That's not what I studied that Yahweh said. Then that brings you to learning, knowing, and understanding Yahweh's eternal purpose through dispensations and ages. That allows you to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer. Then with the brethren, you can earnestly contend for the common salvation. How are you doing that? By going, being in these Zoom classes, by preaching this gospel to those that Yahweh would give you to preach it to. Then you know, oh, I know because it's been proven to you through all these other steps that there is no other name by which you can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. There's no Dr. Kinley in here. There's no Dr. Emery in here. There's no pastor or preacher in here. It's only by Yahshua. Then after all of that, you inherit eternal life now. What do you mean? In your heart and mind, 
you are already here because you know that Yahshua is the bread of life. You know that he's the light of the world. And you know that the only way you're going to get to the Father is through him. So keep reading, Dr. Lewis. Put on the whole armor of Yahweh, mm. that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Mm -hmm. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Now, when you think about the world today and the way it is, it's not a, a world, a war of weapons. It's mostly of words. Everybody is, is against everybody, but it's all via words. So it's not that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We are fighting a spiritual fight, but we have to put on the whole armor of Yahshua. How are we going to do that? Keep reading, Dr. Lewis. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of Yahweh. The whole armor of Yahweh against that spiritual wickedness in high places. What's the high place? Man's heart and mind. In their heart and mind, they are better than everyone else. In their heart and mind, there is no God. There is no creator. They are the creator. That's that's that spiritual wickedness in high places. Don't think of, you know, politicians or the Pope or whatever. Yes, that's from a physical standpoint. But each man has something up there in its high place that's not Yahweh. Keep reading. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of Yahweh, mm -hmm. that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Mm -hmm. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Mm -hmm. Didn't the high feet. priest have a breastplate on? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Why your feet? Why your feet have to be shod? Because when you look at, let me go to, uh, I think it's here, yeah. When you look at it, what's on the bottom of your feet? Your soul. Mm -hmm. Your soul and your soul has to be shot with the preparation. So that means inside of you, you're ready, you're prepared. Go ahead. Above all, taking the shield of faith mm -hmm. with which ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked mm -hmm. and take the helmet of salvation mm -hmm. and the word of the and the sword of the spirit, which mm -hmm. is this word of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Now you're always praying a prayer of supplication and that's Yahshua in you. And I love the, the scripture and go back for me, uh, Dr. Lewis, where it says able to fight the fiery darts. So if anybody knows, I was actually talking to one of my brethren in Meridian because we're like the ultimate Matrix fans and they're coming out with a fourth one. It's called Matrix Resurrection. I'm like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. But my favorite one is the second one. And the reason it's the favorite one, because he finally realizes who he is. And when someone starts shooting at him, he just puts his hand up and says, no. That's what I think of when I think of you. So you're able to withstand the fiery darts. So see, once you know Yahweh as he really is and actually exists, and once you know his purpose and plan, and you know what Yahweh says, that allows you to be able to detect this negative spirit because you know Yahweh will always say do this he'll say don't do this Yahweh says don't do this he'll say do this that allows you to stick your hand out and say no I know that smell I know that 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 uh, appearance I know what that is that's the satanic spirit 
you're not going to do this today. Not, or as you see the t-shirts kids are saying, not today, Satan. You get to that point where Yahweh makes you realize, oh, okay, that's the satanic spirit that's trying to bring me down to make me be depressed, to make me think, oh, woe is me to give me a pity party when we know darn well there's no reason for us to be in a pity party. It's okay to be down for a minute. But don't you stay down there. Don't you wallow in it because we have something that we can be happy about. What? What is there to be happy about? That Yahshua the Messiah took away the sins of the world, that he accomplished our salvation. That's what we have to be happy about. And then whatever you're going through, when you try to compare it to what he did, there is no comparison. So that's what Dr. Kendall said. If you just focus on the sufferings of Yahshua, you won't even worry about the problems that you have because they are minuscule compared to what he did to give us eternal life. So that, you know, this, this metamorphosis of the butterfly. And when I thought when Yahweh had me go through and look at that imperial moth, he really had me see these two coming up together and how this one will always, always try to mimic that one. He will always try to be like the most high Pick that scripture up real quick for me and I'll be done. He'll always try to be like the most high because he wants that honor and glory. And the reason he wants that, he wants to be back where Yahweh had him before. Remember, he had his throne exalted above the other two angels, but he was exalted in his heart and mind. So he had to be brought down. But that is the purpose for which he was created say, oh, that's not fair. Well, you think about Jacob and Esau, right? Yahweh said, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. They were as children in the world. Neither one of them did good or evil, but Yahweh had already determined that one was going to be unrighteous, the other was going to be righteous. That's Yahweh's purpose. He's the author of this story. You don't go back to the author and say, you shouldn't have wrote that character like that. How dare you? He's the author of the story. This is his story that's being told. You can't have a problem with Yahweh telling the story. It's his story. It's already been written. We're just characters walking through it. So go ahead. And if you got that scripture, pick it up for me, please. That's Isaiah 14 and 12. Mm -hmm. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, mm -hmm. son of the morning? Mm -hmm. How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? Mm -hmm. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of El. So it didn't say he said verbally. It said he said in his heart, I will ascend. So his whole heart was evil that I'm going to be better than may not sometimes appear like you'll see some um I think somebody was talking to me about that pastor and how humble and he was I'm like yeah uh-huh he can always appear humble and pious but what's in his heart so his heart was I will ascend above the have the the um mercy seat that's Satan he always wants to be above or be better than or be exalted when Yahshua the Messiah came in on an ass, he's humble. He always was humble. And they talk about Dr. Kinley, once again, not, not propping up a man, but they talk about how meek and humble he was, or Moses. He was meek above all men. See, that's the spirit. That's the spirit of Yahshua the Messiah. He doesn't glory in, in reward or glory and fame and fortune. That's not what Yahshua does. That's what this one does. So that's another way you can tell which spirit is operating. So go ahead, read it. Read some more, Dr. Lewis. Mm -hmm. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of El. 
I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Now, isn't that pretty when Yahweh, like I said, going back to those those aims, the aims of this school, we think about to discern and avoid being deceived. One way you know the satanic spirit, he's always trying to exalt himself above any and everybody else. That's one way to tell. And another way to tell is he always will put you in a situation where you have to either lie to get out of it or, you know, just do something crazy to get out of it. Yahweh doesn't do that. You could be walking down the street and you'll hear that voice and it's always the first voice. Don't go that way. Okay, you don't go that way. And then you'll hear another voice. Oh, it's okay. See, it's always like that. It's all, he's always there trying to influence you, trying to get you to ignore Yahweh or to ignore eternal life. Don't do that. Listen to Yahweh, even within yourself. And I think about the things that, the way that I used to be and the things I used to say and the things I used to think. And I used to think, I remember sitting in class and you know someone would be on the floor. Let's say April was on the floor and she'll go, you know, I, I, you know, people are always, you know, they, they want to be exalted and I'm sitting there in my seat going, yeah, I know such and such does that. Instead of putting it on myself and go, now what Yahweh has me do is go, Felicia, do you do that? See, that's how Yahweh changes you. He's, he's getting us to the point where we have that same spirit as Yahshua the Messiah. You look at yourself first. You don't look at anyone else you go oh Yahweh if I'm like that please change that within me don't let me be like that now do we still do that absolutely I still do that I'm in this flesh but I ask Yahweh to let me see that and let me recognize it and then help me to give me the prayer to pray to get rid of it that's what Yahweh wants you to be and that's what he wants you to do this one uh-uh you're gonna say when you're sitting in that chair and April says that, you're going to go, mm -hmm. even now to this day, you've been in the class 40 years, you're still going, yeah, I know such and such does that. How come you never asked if you do that? See, that's the satanic spirit. He's always, he's never wrong. He's always right. And he's always better than. So I, you know, I hope, and I know I jumbled that metamorphosis up there that are um, uh, ministers that can go through that beautifully. Dr. Diane Embler went through it once beautifully and had me in tears. But I'm hoping that what was given, that is what Yahweh gave me. So he, I am obligated to share with the body. I'm hoping someone got something out of that. Because when we just look at the things in the world, Yahweh shows us that they are all pointed to something spiritual. And when you think about the track of these butterflies and how some of them died, but you think and you look at all the ones that made it and how they're innumerable, you think about the angels in heaven that are with us. They, those are our brethren too. We're all waiting to be clothed upon in Yahshua. So those that have already left, they're waiting for us. The angels are waiting for us. We're all going to go together. And once we do, we'll have, we'll make that beautiful heavenly sound that you heard them make. And it's just, it'll be pretty. It'll be something that you cannot comprehend because it's a spiritual sound. This is a spiritual existence that we're going to be in. So with that, I am going to yield the floor because my voice is almost ready to go. And I am um, happy to have had Yahweh allow me to present that to you. So before I call on our next speaker, I want to ask if anybody had any questions or if they want me to go over anything else that was done or if you want to see another part of the video.
Okay, I will take silence as a no. So, <clears throat> excuse me for our second speaker of the evening. I'm hoping they'll be able to talk because I don't know where they are. Is uh, We're happy to call on from our Southfield, Michigan branch, Dr. Rhonda Brazil. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Um, well, pardon any destructive background noise. Uh, I will be in a place that's a little more quiet in the moment. But um, I truly enjoy what was gone into. And I have to say that hearing that lecture, um, I prayed to Yashua for the increased faith and confidence of what his spiritual operation is, because it's hard to, to um, take your hands off of it and say to Yashua, I can't do it, you do it. Right. Do it for me. It's hard to do that, but when you, with the words that were brought forth from the scripture lesson and into that uh, dissertation about the metamorphosis of a butterfly, um, one of the things I found very, very beautiful about it um, is the timing that, that transpires within. When they said that the butterfly hatches from that egg and within 14 days, that's two cycles of seven, within two weeks, they said, it is ready to take on a chrysalis after doing nothing but eating. So I found that very pretty, that principle of 14, um, and the change that had to take place at that point, or you know, two cycles of seven. But then that chrysalis is in place, if I heard correctly, that process also took two weeks. That's right. And then that two week period, then that transformation is complete. So you have a total of four weeks for that principle of four and a change. And I'm sure that that was uh, brought out, but I thought that was so pretty that just as the uh, previous speaker went into very diligently, Dr. Hamilton um, labored to bring those things out. And that, uh, now she didn't make that that way. That's simply the way Yahweh purposed it. And the reconfirmation, if you will, that the natural is here to verify, vindicate, and prove the spiritual. So there's really no reason why we disbelieve what Yahweh is telling us, because he's given such an abundant cloud of witnesses, uh, including this that was gone in tonight which was absolutely remarkable to look at. And I, I really am thankful that I was able 
to hear that. Um, I want to go to 1 Corinthians uh, 15th chapter, and I want to um, go to where in that chapter it talks about uh, what some man will say with what how are the days, how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come? I wanna get that question and then Paul's answer. And in relation to what we just went through, how this um, example of the butterfly absolutely confirms that Yahshua the Messiah did not raise a physical body as the world has told us. And as many still believe, that when we uh, leave this physical, when we die and in the sweet by and by, that there will come a time where the dead will raise and we will all meet the Messiah in the air in physical bodies. Um, and that is simply not the case. But can you get that in 1 Corinthians 15 for me? That's 1 Corinthians 15 and uh, 45. Okay. Is that the question? 15 and 35. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's, that's 15 and 35. Okay. But some man will say, mm -hmm. how, how are the dead raised up? Uh huh. And with what body do they come? Right. Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not made alive except it die. Right. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but a bare grain, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. Yes. But Yahweh giveth it a body as it hath pleased him. Yes. Every seed is own body. Okay, so now this was because Paul wrote that that that's planted does not come up the same that's planted and he was talking about the resurrection of the dead which they did not believe occurred with the messiah they believed that his body had been stolen but not that he had actually risen from the dead now many people may believe he rose from death but they believe he rose a physical body well paul is going into that there's no change that's made except it die whatever is whatever seed that you're sowing it has to die first and that's what that metamorphosis of a butterfly indicates well, that butterfly has to take on a death-like state in order for his change to occur and each one of us have to die can you hold it there and go over to colossians the third chapter right quick I just want to bring out this point a little further. Is that first or second Colossians, Dr. Brazil? There's only one Colossians. Is and it? It's, okay. Uh, third <laughs> okay. That's Colossians yeah. 3 and 1. Did you want that? Yes. If we, I'm sorry. If ye then be risen with the Messiah, seek those things which are above. Right. Where the Messiah sitteth on the right hand of Yahweh. Right. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, that butterfly's transformation also confirms this that Paul is saying. 
Because when that butterfly is risen, when it was once an earthbound creature eating the leaves and grass of the, of the uh, earth plane, when its change occurs, it now sucks on nectar, which is thought to be a food of the gods, and milkweed, right? So its diet changes. And this is what, and, and if you can understand when, we, when we're dealing with diet, we're talking about uh, the feeding of the body and what we're talking about, um, the mastication, if you will, of foodstuffs for the increase of the body. Well, when you're talking about the transformation from a carnal mind to a spiritual mind, which is what this teaching is doing to us, transforming our mind, our carnal mind, it's us, uh, spiritually transforming the carnal mind to be able to receive and understand and be obedient unto those things pertaining to Yahweh from a spiritual standpoint. So here, Paul is reiterating this process in Colossians or to those in Coloss, saying that if you are risen with the Messiah, now that you're this new creature, just like that butterfly, you seek those things that are heavenly or those things that are above and no longer feeding the appetite with things in the earth or with things pertaining to the physical. Now that is our objective. We want to be transformed. Our hearts are that we be transformed into the obedient sons of Yahweh in righteousness. Satan right. is a son of Yahweh and Satan is an obedient son. He is the son of perdition or destruction or unrighteousness or iniquity. What we want to be transformed into is that that seeks that that's above. We want to be transformed in the likeness of the Messiah's resurrection which he rose a quickening spirit. And when we raise, we want to be in the image and in the likeness of that quickening spirit. We want to have that quickening spirit be what operates and governs us. Without it, we're not going to make it. So continue reading in Colossians and then we're gonna go back to Corinthians. And I'm not going to um, be long. There are creatures that are desiring my diligent application of work. Um, but go back to Colossians okay. and continue um, reading down a little further. Corinthians or Colossians? Colossians, third chapter. Keep reading where you left off. Mm -hmm. um, I'll start at two, three and two. Set your affection on things above not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hidden with the Messiah in Yahweh. Now, did you hear what he said? You are dead. Mm -hmm. That's right. He's talking about being dead to this physical. And, and this, uh, remember how, and I think it's in Corinthians, where Paul says, 
let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Mm -hmm. You understand? Um, we are going through this process, but we have gone through a death. And that is what's beautiful about the process of death. Because that is the first step in the tabernacle and the first step of transformation is that death. That's what that butterfly depicts as well. The first step he goes through after that eating is that chrysalis. And what was very interesting to me, I, I noted when that video was playing, how it said the caterpillar hung upside down in the form of a J. <laughs> mm -hmm. I said, now, will you look at that? In the form of a J when it's getting ready to die <laughs> or it's getting ready to go through that transformation. It had to leave the J. It's not going to be in the J anymore. It's going to manifest the Y, you know, with its wings outspread and uh, flapping that manifests that Y. And so that's what we had to do. We had to leave Jesus. No J, no Jesus. We had to leave Jehovah. We had to leave that hook that they um, preached to us of the carnal ordinances and whatnot. We had to leave that. It had to die. That's right. And so we went through that process. Spiritually and psychologically is where this death that Paul is talking about occurs. For you are dead. You understand? You, were, you died with the Messiah. All the generations of the flesh died with the Messiah and are resurrected in newness of life in the spirit. Right. So now there's no Jew nor Greek. There's no physical. I was reflecting on how Dr. Kelly said about water baptism. He said, in this age, there's no physical man to baptize in water. <laughs> I mean, and that takes an understanding. Yahweh's not dealing with the flesh any longer, which is what was the point of the previous uh, administration of the law that dealt with a physical way of worship and a physical washing and a physical eating and the physical. But we are not after the flesh any longer, but after the spirit. And the butterfly metamorphosis is a beautiful illustration of that. That butterfly when it's transformed, as you saw, has a completely different operation now. Completely different operation. The migration that it undergoes, which you couldn't do when it was a caterpillar. It had to undergo that transformation to be able to migrate. And that's what happened to us as well. We had to go through a transformation, as you saw, with the children of Israel. They had to go from being, um, they were slaves in Egypt and they were shepherds, you understand? And they came up out of Egypt, come through the wilderness where they were transformed. And by the time they got to Canaan land, they were an army. Their operation completely changed. That's right. And so this is what we have to see Yahweh demonstrating what transpires in us spiritually and psychologically before 
we cross over into the spirit realm where we are at home with Yahweh in the spirit, not in this physical body any longer. But these are the transformations that have to occur in us before that happens. You understand? That's the chrysalis process. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was absolutely beautiful how that body of the caterpillar is completely reconstituted, dissolved and reconstituted, which also confirms in my mind that there's nothing of the old man that can remain. That's right. It has to all be dissolved Mm -hmm. and remade. You understand? No vestiges of what you were before. It has to be dissolved and remade. So go back to Corinthians and then I'm going to finish. I don't know what time it is. For some reason, uh, I'm on Zoom and my my phone can't tell me the time, which is crazy. Okay, uh, I have two minutes. <laughs> so can you go back to Corinthians and um, read that in Corinthians where he's going to explain. Um, and I want you to drop down to where he says there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, that's First uh, Corinthians 15. And um, oh, let me start at 46. Okay. Uh, this is the same. I think this is, I think this is what it's like. 44. 44? Okay. It is sown, um, it is sown a natural body. It is you raised. Can go, you can go up to where it says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. Okay. I that's think the, that's one verse up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 42nd verse. Uh-huh. So also is the resurrection of the dead. Mm-hmm. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. Mm-hmm. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Mm-hmm. It is sown a natural body. It right. is raised a spiritual body. Now, when we mean sown, it means planted mm-hmm. or buried. So um, what happened with the Messiah's body when he was crucified they buried him in Joseph's new tomb, that natural body, but it did not raise, and nothing in your earth plane shows that he would have raised a physical body. We're going through the fall of the year, and I'm concerned of the plants that I have, because I know that they're about to die in this season. And these are not going to be the same plants that I get back next year. Right. There's going to be a new life that sprouts. You understand? And if I'm planting seed, what I expect is for that to transform into beautiful foliage in my garden. I don't expect a whole bunch of apple seeds or um hydrangea seeds or you understand i want a hydrangea plant i want that change to occur and then that change is glorious that seed looks you know pretty insignificant but the plant is a glorious plant with multiple flowers and 
color and leaves and you understand and then it's it uh blossoms and it uh these type of plants they spread you know they they become more than the one that you planted they multiply that's what the word is and so that's what we see spiritually occurring with Yahshua Messiah when he raised the quickening spirit and then he poured out the spirit there were 3,000 added that one day and Saul in his frustration well these Yashuas are now everywhere you understand and he when he met the Messiah on the road to Damascus knocking those in the head that preached this gospel Yashua said why do thou persecute me every one of them that received his spirit that was him manifest in them so we want to be part of that abundant multiplication knowing that there's newness of life and a new body first we take that on psychologically and spiritually but then we will also receive that glorious body and it actually takes that spirit in us to transform our physical body into that spiritual so I do hope that you come back and study with us and are edified and, and that that seed in you that Yahweh has planted multiplies and grows in the fruit of the spirit. Um, thank you for the time and hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Brazil. I enjoyed that and brought out a lot that Yahweh shows his sons. And for the uh, last few minutes of the class, I'm happy to call on from our Southfield, Michigan branch, Dr. Lauren Lewis. Dr. Lewis? I'd like to say good evening to the class. Good evening. Um, I enjoyed the testimonies of all the speakers uh, thus far. It's a beautiful class. Um, beautiful to see how Yahweh's uh, purpose, pattern, plan is in operation and everything that he's created in the world. Um, <clears throat> and just seeing, you know, just the transformation of a butterfly um, <clears throat> coming from a caterpillar into that, that butterfly state or going through the chrysalis that it goes through. Um, seeing the death, burial, resurrection right in the earth plane that Yahweh created. That's why he says over there, someone can get for me, um, Romans 1, 19 and 20. That's Romans 1 and 19. Mm -hmm. Because that which may be known of Yahweh. Stop. So right there is telling you that there's something that can be known if you're reading out of the King James Version of the Bible. There's something that can be known about God. So he's saying that which may be known of Yahweh, who the world usually calls God or Lord, Read on. Uh -huh. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them. It's manifest in them. Mm -hmm. You see? Now we know he manifested that and showed it to the children of Israel, but it's also manifested in everything that he's created. It's manifested in you and I. That's why we can say that we would be a witness against ourselves. knowing that we have the breath of Yahweh in us. You know, everything that has breath it will praise Yahweh, okay, with that breath of life. Right. So it says, because that which may be known of Yahweh. So now we can know. If someone hold, hold where you're at there and someone else grab over there, what life eternal is. Now we know that we, this is what we come to learn in this school. 
is the importance of knowledge, okay? And not just knowledge that's out there, you know, uh, or, or something that's just based on a whim, but actually learning, understanding, and knowing something for surety. So read over there in John 17 for me. John 17 and 3. And this is life eternal, mm -hmm. that they might know thee, the only true Elohim, and Yahshua the Messiah, whom thou hast sent. Now, over here in John 17, it's saying to know Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua, these three are one, gains you life eternal. So now, over here in Romans, he says, because that which may be known of Yahweh. So we can know something of Yahweh and that knowledge gains us life eternal. So back over in Romans, because that which may be known of Yahweh, read on, is manifest in them. Mm -hmm. For Yahweh hath showed it unto them. Right. If you could show the uh, Ayah Asher Ayah chart, and we learn that everything goes according to this tabernacle pattern. Mm -hmm. Everything is made up of a threefold nature. Everything has to go according to that threefoldness. Mm -hmm. You see, even in that 1958 video where Dr. Kinley was talking about that hydrogen atom, okay, there were, um, and I'm trying to remember <laughs> the video, so, you know, forgive me if I kind of butcher it up, but you had two visible parts and one invisible part of that right. hydrogen atom. Mm -hmm. The purpose that it is showing regardless of that, in, that that invisible part that you could not see, what you have to bring out is the threefold makeup. Why? Because Yahweh is the Father, Elohim is the Word or Son, and Yahshua is the Holy Spirit. These three are one. So even if what we're seeing as an example of something that's manifested, we learn that that means to be made known or something that's concrete, if we're looking at something as concrete, keep, keep, excuse me, in the two manifestations, we still should be able to see, <clears throat> we still should be able to see that third part where it's invisible or visible. By principle, we have to see it. It has to go according to the pattern. So according to the pattern, just <clears throat> according to the pattern, you have a gas, a liquid, in a solid, just like you had that most holy place, holy place, court roundabout. <clears throat> you have that proton, that neutron, and that electron. And what's so interesting about that, I think it's so beautiful, is that proton, that neutron, and that electron, that proton and that neutron is connected, just like that most holy place and that holy place was connected. And then that electron, goes round about that proton and neutron, just like that court roundabout went round about. The same thing goes on with your nucleus, nucleolus and cell body. Now, why is it made that way? Why do you have three parts to everything? Morning, noon, and night, inner ear, middle ear, outer ear. You see, on your leg, you got a foot, a calf, and a thigh, a hand, a uh, lower arm and an upper arm. You got a head, a chest, and an abdomen region. Why is that? You eat with a knife, a fork, and a spoon. You only speak in past, present, and future. You only travel land, air, 
or water. Why is that? Everything must go according to the threefold pattern. You see, must go according to that pattern, which we know is, if you take me to the Moses chart, we know that I see your five-minute bill. <clears throat> we know that Elohim, Yahweh Elohim, who the world ignorantly thought when they would hear about the word or son as being the Bible, we know that that was Yahweh in his Elohistic uh, 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 manifestation as Elohim, which was seen in vision and revelation. That word, Elohim, he is the archetype, which means original pattern of the universe. Everything, everything is patterning after him. So that's why you have to see that butterfly go through the stages that it goes through, that threefoldness. And it's preaching to the death, burial, and resurrection as well as Yahshua the Messiah. He's showing you the threefoldness and the pattern. He's showing you the death, burial, resurrection. He's showing you prophecy and fulfillment, all in your nature, all in the things that are manifested out here in this world. He says, because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifested in them. For Yahweh, he has showed it unto the, us. Read on the rest in Romans. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world. Now we should talk about invisible. Those mm -hmm. spiritual things that we can never ever attain to because he made us physical mm -hmm. and we were limited to that. That was spiritual. He says those invisible things of him from the creation of the world from eternity mm -hmm. go on are clearly seen now you can see that clearly how can you see it clearly read mm -hmm. being understood by the things that are made there you go so now you can look at the transformation of the caterpillar into a monarch butterfly and understand how that represents Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, his mm -hmm. death, burial, resurrection. It took you from something physical and mm -hmm. to something spiritual pointing to your father, Yahweh, Elohim, mm -hmm. and Savior, Yahshua, the Messiah. And with those words, I'll say thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Lewis. Appreciate that. So uh, before we end, like I said, um, you know, something you learn when you're in school, you have to give um, the credit to the people that made the two videos we saw. So the first one was from um, a site called Free School. Uh, that was the metamorphosis and the sound of millions of butterfly that was a field tourist. So I will be sending this uh, document out with those links to all the brethren and I uh, will actually do that for every um, class uh, that ends a green chart class. So once again, we really, um, appreciate all our visiting brethren for coming with us we um, what it does for us it encourages us um, especially those that put these things on because it is a labor of love but it it, it does give us encouragement and it gives us um, for me it gives me energy when i see so many brethren here so i we really appreciate your presence and your support and it does help to uplift the brethren it helps to uplift us all so before we end is there anything anyone would like to say or point out and we always say if there's anything that was said wrong please definitely point us out because this is a school and not a church so i'll give a couple about 30 seconds if someone wants to say anything let me know those monarch butterflies are migrating in the Midwestern states of Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin, Indiana, right now this week, going down to Mexico. 
And also as another witness on the Natural History Museum, I read yesterday that, that um, an article entitled Body Snatchers Eaten Alive by the Parasitic Wasps. And it talks about the wasps takeover of the living caterpillars and that the chrysalis are invaded by these, um, these wasps or these parasitic wasps, what should I say? Uh, the butterfly that emerges from a chrysalis or the pupil, the wasps are laying their eggs inside the egg of this caterpillar or pupil. Wow. And so therefore you can see that principle as well. I thought the article was, was quite lengthy, but it's very interesting. And it's talking about how that those um, hosts of those uh, parasitic wasps, uh, they, they attack and destroy um, uh, the butterflies by eating them alive. So it's very interesting, but you can see a lot of principles and correlations. We know we read about over there with the seeds falling on stony ground or didn't have enough earth to support them and so on and so forth, or the sun scorched them and so on and so forth. That, you know, there's a principle of that as well in, in this caterpillar story, if you would, because you have the life and the beauty of the caterpillar. And you see also those that are trying to come into the teaching and so how sometimes that, that baby or that infant soul, if you would, yeah. um, is destroyed. So it's by the mercy of Yahweh that we all do, as the butterflies do, make it to understanding him as he really is and actually exists. Thank you, Dr. Lewis and Dr. Ewell. And Dr. Lewis, if you have a chance, if you could forward that uh, article, I can send it out to the body. And yes, uh, thank you. And once again, that brings a conclusion to our class. We will have our next green chart session on September 30th, and that will be on childbirth. So looking forward to that, definitely. And we once again thank you all for visiting with us. We hold our Zoom classes here every Tuesday and Thursday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and on Sundays from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Let us all stand in our hearts and minds and give homage to Yahweh through his son, Yahshua Messiah. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present your soul faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power before all time, now and forever. Let us all say hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. hallelujah.